the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Gatorsburg, Maryland. Come experience the epic portrayal of God's love for His creation. The Mercy Tree is a monumental live stage performance held at Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. You can choose from 10 presentations starting Tuesday, April 11th and continuing through Easter Sunday. See the miracle of Easter come to life on stage in jaw-dropping scale. Get your free tickets at MercyTree2017.com today. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us for a special repeat message. When Jesus brought you into the kingdom, when you accepted Christ as Lord of your life, God had a purpose and has a purpose for your life that is so clearly defined in one little verse, John chapter 10, verse 10. Where Jesus himself said, the thief, that's the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, so you can have life and have it more abundantly. There's a more life for you in Jesus. Now, this more life is not something that is automatic. You don't just get it because you're a believer. The more life has to be pressed into. The more life has to, does require maybe a cooperation on your part. The decisions that you need to make by your own will. God never forces anything on you or me. One of the biggest struggles you will ever have in your spiritual journey is with your will. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He knew that we would struggle with our choices. And so we need to make certain choices that put us in line with the more life. And one of those choices is the choice to say, I will grow stronger. I'm not going to remain a spiritual weakling my entire life. I will gain spiritual strength. And there's no way for us to address the whole issue of spiritual strength without talking also about physical strength. And so I'm going to talk today about four things the Bible teaches us regarding our physical health, regarding our physical care. What do we do with this body that God has given to us? And we're going to talk about some steps that you can take as a part of this. Let me say something before I get into today's message. I realize that for some of us, when it comes to our physical bodies, we fight things that we have no control over. Some things that are health issues you can control and other things you cannot control because we live in a broken world that is filled with disease and pathology. Not everything that I'm going to talk about today may specifically apply to you. Maybe there's a disease you're battling or something that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about today. But there are certain things that you can do when it comes to your physical health that are God's will for your life, that God says, I want you to do this, and there's a greater chance that you'll experience a more effective life if you'll live this way, wisdom that God gives to us. Let's take a look at these four things together. First of all, the Bible teaches us that we are, you are, to appreciate your body. 
The physical body really is a result of God's creative genius. It is actually a result of God's supernatural power. When you think about your body, it is absolutely incredible. The psalmist David, reflecting on his own physical body and in praise to God, made this statement in Psalm 139, verse 14. He said, thank you, talking to God, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. David looked at his body and said, God, this is awesome, this is amazing, this complex body that you put together. Jesus, during his earthly ministry, revealed to us, showed us the importance of the physical body by the way he approached ministry. I'll give you one example of this in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. One of these moments that Jesus is encountering people. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. How many sick folks did he heal? All of them. So he found people who were suffering with certain ailments, and he brought relief to them, healing. Notice verse 17. Why don't we read this one together loud and loudly? This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Now, often we think about Jesus taking on our sins and and bringing forgiveness to us. But the Bible says, Isaiah the prophet said, that he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. It's very clear in Isaiah 53, we are presented the atoning work of Christ as defined for us. And it says that by his stripes, we were healed. So there is healing in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that Jesus is a healer? Now, I want you to know today that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus healed during his earthly ministry, is Jesus still healing today? Absolutely. And so if you're sick in your body, you need to go to the great physician. He has capacity to heal you. That's not to say that that's to the exclusion of physicians and medical doctors. We use them. Medical doctors are gifts of God to us that we're able to benefit from. But behind all healing, I believe, is Almighty God. He is the healer. So the body that God has given us is a wonderful, wonderful gift. And what is the right response when someone gives you a great gift? What is the right response? You appreciate it, right? There's gratitude that's there. And out of that gratitude, there's a sense of value that you place upon what's been given to you. There's an acceptance of the gift. Just because your body is a gift of God, you should not worship the gift. You should worship the giver of the gift. Amen? Unfortunately, in our world today, because of the emphasis upon the physical body, a lot of times people sort of fall in love with their bodies, okay? And all they ever think about is their body to the exclusion of their spirit and their soul. And what you must understand is that your body, as wonderful as it is, does not replace what God wants to do in your spirit and does not replace what God wants to do in your soul. You are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is that part of you that relates to God. And when you're first born into this world, your spirit is dead because of sin. When you invite Jesus Christ into your life, you are born again. There is a newness of life that comes into your spirit, and you have a relationship with God. You're born by the spirit, born of the spirit of God, and you have a new birth in your spirit. Your soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, the way you interact with the world, 
is affected over time by your spiritual growth. And so as you're growing in relationship with God, God works in your soul to perfect your soul, to make you a better person, to heal your soul of wounds that are there, to sanctify or make holy your soul, to actually deliver your soul from things that might hold you back and limit you in life, to save your soul so that you are a better person for the purposes of God. And so the Spirit works in your soul, and your body is simply the tent that houses it all. And so your body is a gift from God. You don't worship the body. You worship the gift, the giver of the gift of that body to you. The second thing that I want to share with you today, the Bible teaches us about our bodies, is that we're to honor God with our body. To understand this concept of honoring God with your body, I need to take you back to the Old Testament and introduce two other terms to you very briefly for a moment. In the Old Testament, after God brought his children out of Egypt across the Red Sea into Mount Sinai, God gave Moses some instructions to build a worship center. And the worship center was called the tabernacle. Say that with me, the tabernacle. The tabernacle had the holy place and the holy of holies, and there was the construction of something called the Ark of the Covenant. And in the holy of holies dwelt the Ark of the Covenant, and God's presence dwelt with Israel in the holy of holies at the Ark of the Covenant. And so as Israel walked around the wilderness for those 40 years, their worship center traveled with them. The Levites would carry the tabernacle around with them and set it up when they would stop and the worship would happen. They would move to a different place and they would set the worship center up again and worship would happen. So that was the tabernacle. It was temporary. Eventually, through David, the second king of Israel, there was the desire that God placed in David's heart to build a temple for God, not a a temporary dwelling place, but a more permanent residence because they'd now taken, had now occupied Israel and they had the city of Jerusalem, Mount Zion, and now they're wanting to build a temple for God there. And so Solomon, the son of David, built a temple. And in the temple, there was a replication of what had been in the tabernacle, the holy place and the most holy place, the holy of holies and the Ark of the Covenant. So in the Old Testament, the presence of God dwelt in the tabernacle and in the temple. So say it with me. In the Old Testament, God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle and then in the temple, okay? When we come into the New Testament, we see that God did something incredible by the coming of his son because when Jesus came into the world, he came as the presence of God to our world. And when he comes into your life, he comes as the presence of God in your life. And so we no longer have to concern ourselves with a tabernacle or with a temple because God says, I'm making you my tabernacle. I'm making you my temple. Isn't that great to know? Let's go to the Bible and see what it says here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 16 and 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are, what are you? God's temple, and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. And so Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, you've got to understand that you are your own individual life, you're now as a believer in Jesus, you are the temple of God and gathered together when the church comes together, the church is a temple for the presence of God. So it's not about a place like the tabernacle or a physical structure of the temple in the Old Testament. It is all about people. People are the place that God dwells. God lives in people who know him through his son, Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 13, the latter part of that verse says, The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality or any kind of defilement, but the body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And so again we see our bodies are designed to house the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now think with me for a moment. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, in the temple, there were certain rules and regulations. You couldn't defile the tabernacle or the temple. You had to wash and clean, and you had to go through a variety of steps and processes to present yourself before God. There was cleansing processes. The tabernacle and temple was not to be defiled. In the same way, God says, now you are the temple. Don't do anything in your body that defiles your relationship with God. Honor God with your body. Number three, the third thing that we're taught in Scripture is we're taught the importance of maintaining our bodies. This body is your physical home. When you leave this world in relationship with Jesus to go to heaven, you will eventually get another body. Isn't that good to know? Okay. So God, you will always have a body forever. Okay. Either a body here that is temporary or a glorious body, a resurrected body that you will have for eternity. And so this body thing is extremely important to God. But right now you're living in a temporary house that is housing your spirit and your soul. It's what you live in while you're here. There's a maintenance that has to be engaged in. There's a cleaning process, if you will, spiritual cleaning. There's a cleaning up of your life. There is a a maintaining of your body in healthy ways. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let me take you to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 8, and see what the Scripture says about this. This is Paul writing to Timothy. I'm going to read this to you from the message paraphrase. You've been raised, he's talking to Timothy, to us as well. You've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are, they're useful. But a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. God says that you can work out your body and that's a good thing for you. But if all you do is work out your body and you don't take care of your spirit and your soul, what happens? Now let's go to the other extreme. You can have a vibrant spirit and a growing spiritual relationship in your soul with God. But if your body's falling apart, are you going to have problems? Are you going to be as useful for God as you could potentially be? No, okay? And so you can either extreme is is not a good thing and so you're made as a as a three-part being and so there's a maintenance that is required so that what God is doing in you in your spirit and your soul has the greatest opportunity to be worked out of you by having a healthy body let's go now to another verse first Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul said, I've learned if I'm going to be my best self for God, that I have to put some discipline and effect on my body. 
Because if you don't discipline your body, your body will take over you, right? Your body will become your boss. Your body will give you all kinds of suggestions as to what to do. If you have any discipline on your body, what will you do? You'll just go do exactly what your body tells you to do. And so your spirit and soul needs to be the boss of your body. That your body's not bossing your spirit and soul around, but your spirit and soul is giving direction to your body. Because your body, when you wake up in the morning, will tell you something like this. You don't feel good enough to pray today. You don't feel like reading the Bible. Your, your body will give you all these things that will push you away from disciplining you. So your body doesn't like to be disciplined. But when you discipline your body, it sets you up for spiritual success so that you can grow spiritually and have a body, in fact, that is able to sustain what God wants to do in and through your life. And so my question for you today is what maintenance is needed in your body? My question for you, have you been to the doctor recently for a checkup. When was the last time you just had a physical? You said, what's the big deal about a physical? You know, a physical can save your life. Are you paying attention to things like your blood pressure and things of that nature, things that you have some control over? There are other issues you don't have any control over when it comes to your body, but some things you can control. How about your exercise? Do you have any kind of exercise plan at all? It actually changes your perspective. It helps you mentally. How about your diet? What do you eat? Do you pay attention to what you eat? How about stuff like alcohol and tobacco and other substances? These are the kind of things that wreak havoc on your body. And I'm not here to, to beat anybody up. I'm not here to, to condemn you. I'm here to help you, okay? But if you have some habits like this, here's a, you know, the best time to change those habits is now, right? Okay? Do it when you can. And so there's a maintenance. So what is the Bible? Did you know the Bible talks about your body? The Bible says appreciate this thing called your body. Because when you appreciate it, there'll be a gratitude about it. There'll be a value that you'll place on it. There'll be stewardship that you'll engage with it. And then honor God with your body. This is, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. Treat your body in a way that is the host for Almighty God. And then maintain your body in the last one is use your body for God's glory. One of the greatest blessings that any of us will ever experience in life, I know it's the greatest blessing that I have other than my own salvation and personal relationship with God, is the little opportunities that God gives me in my life to be used by Him in some way to help or bless somebody else. There's nothing greater than that, is there? To think that God used me to be a help or a blessing to someone else is a tremendous thing. And God has a lot of work that he wants to do in the world, and he needs a lot of good people to do the work. Amen? And so the healthier you are, the more work you'll be able to do for the kingdom of God, and the more blessed you will be, because when you work for the kingdom of God and give to God's purposes and serve God's purposes with your life, it always comes back in blessing to you. And so there's this cycle of blessing, but it requires a healthy body to be able to do it and a clean, godly person in your body to be able to be effectively used by God for his glory. Listen to Romans chapter 6, verse number 13. Very important verse. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to do what? And notice that do not let any part of your body are your ears a part of your body? Is your mouth a part of your body? Is your mind a part of your body? In Sunday school, I was raised on a little song. Maybe some of you will remember it. 
The song goes like this. Be careful the lies what you see. Be careful the lies what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful little eyes what you see. Help me out. Be careful little mouth what you say. Be careful little mouth what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful little mouth what you say. Be careful, little ears. Be careful, little ears, what you... For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little mind, what you... Be careful, little mind, what you think. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little mind, what you think. I got another one. <laughs> Be careful, little feet. Oh, you're getting it now. <laughs> Be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little feet, where you go. You got it now, okay. <laughs> Honor God with your body, yeah. It says don't let any part of your body become an instrument to, uh, of evil to serve sin. Instead, that is other, uh, don't do it that way. Here's what you do. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Listen to Romans 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, that word plead is very strong in the Greek language. It's, it's speaking of an urgency. It's speaking of a begging. I'm pleading. I beg with you to give your bodies. It doesn't say your spirit and soul here. It says your bodies. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Has God done a lot of wonderful things for you? Has he? Okay. I think we ought to take just a moment and thank him for everything he's done in our life. You can never praise him enough for everything he has done. And the Bible says, because of all that God has done for you, give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do you want to be a worshiper of God? It's not just the songs you sing. It's all about the life that you live. It's about giving your body wholeheartedly to God. So how do we do this? Let me close by giving you four things here. We're going to be done. You use your body for God's glory by developing the right commitments. So you can't separate your body from your commitments. You demonstrate your commitments by your body, okay? How does your boss know that you're committed to the job? One way he knows that you actually, your body shows up at work, right? Okay, right? He said, hey, boss, I'm sending my spirit today, okay? Right, right. No, he's not going to take that very long, okay? He says, okay, if you're committed to this job, your body shows up here, right? If you're committed to a marriage, your body is in the marriage. Your body shows up in the marriage. There's a commitment that goes along with that. And so I could go on and on about it. If you're committed to church, what do you do? You show up at church, okay? You don't say, oh, pastor, I'm committed. Never going to come, but I'm really committed. You can count on me, okay? So your body is connected with your commitments. Your body is connected with your attitudes as well. 
the attitudes of your life. So your body, what you do with your body affects your attitudes. Your, your body is connected to your habits. Your habits form your character. How do you form character in your life? Get the right habits. The right habits will always develop the right character. And your body is related to your activities. So you give glory to God through your commitments, through the right commitments, through the right attitudes, through the right habits, and through the right activities. So when you and I say, I will grow stronger, we have to think about our bodies. And our bodies are a part of this whole equation. And make the decision to appreciate the body God has given you, to honor God with your body. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Come experience the epic portrayal of God's love for His creation. The Mercy Tree is a monumental live stage performance held at Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. You can choose from 10 presentations starting Tuesday, April 11th and continuing through Easter Sunday. See the miracle of Easter come to life on stage in jaw-dropping scale. Get your free tickets at MercyTree2017.com today. The next time you could use a pick-me-up, head over to Godvine.com for uplifting... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.